and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Today, we're not actually talking to a copywriter. We're talking to Kathy Topping, a website and graphic designer, now helping entrepreneurs and small business owners to build and market their own websites. In this pod, you'll learn essential elements of your visual branding, design mistakes you could be making, how to work with designers to maximize your copy, and so much more. If you grapple with design or you're a closet designer, this chat is definitely for you. My name is Belinda Weaver. I am a copywriter. I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass. With me, as always, is my co-host down under, Kate Toon. Hello, I'm Kate Toon. I'm also a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success. Now, before we get into today's interview, we like to break down this fourth wall by asking a quick personal question. And I've got a doozy for you, Kate. Have you? Mm, what three things would you take to a desert island? I would take a lifetime supply of frazzles, which is a very enjoyable bacon flavoured crisp item. Of course. I would, my book, I would take. Oh, God, this is because I would take The Lord of the Rings as the book because it takes a while to read and you can read it again and again. And then I was going to say like something like wine or something. But honestly, I think I'd take baby wipes, like loads and loads of baby wipes. You can't go wrong with baby wipes. They they help solve so many problems. What would you yeah. take? I'll, yeah, I'll pay the baby wipes one, actually. I would take... Um sunscreen a lifetime supply like you see movies where people go to a desert island and they just build up this nice tan that would not happen I would just keep getting burned you just go from like light blue to like burnt straight away I guess yeah that's pretty much it and then I might visit the world of flesh color for a while and then I go back to blue um so I would also take a book I actually chose Jane Eyre I like that. But I like Lord of the Rings for your reasons. Okay, yeah. My last one, I was thinking of something that would entertain me and I was going to take a pack of cards but then I realised I don't don't know many card games that I can play by myself. So I picked a squash ball. That's so rubbish. But, you know, like I felt it would keep me dexterous and coordinated. Because dexterity is going to be so important. On a desert island. Don't worry about like malnutrition or anything like that, just dexterity. As long as you can still play the piano when you get back. Do you know that like the, stu- the most stupid p- part of that choice is that I'm the most uncoordinated soul anyway? Unco. Is that what Ozzy says, isn't it? You're so yeah, unco. I'm um, very unco. But you know what? I just wouldn't go to a desert island. Like if I was only like, it just sounds hideous. Like the very thought of it, just, you know, like why would you? No, just no. Anyway, my gosh, this is going to be half an episode just talking about this. Right, let's let's do this. Let's get into it. Well, I'm actually not going to do it because unusually for us, for Linda and I, I'm not on this episode. I'm just on this bit and then I'm not going to be here because um, not to go into too much detail of our arrangements, but when this was recorded, I was poorly. I had tonsillitis and I couldn't speak, so I made Belinda do it all on her own. Yeah, so we're about to hear it. I bet people might listen and say... Linda, you're so much better on your own. That's what they might say. I don't think so, Kate. There was definitely something missing. Was there something? (laughs) That thing was me. Don't leave me on the desert island. Don't leave me. 
So now it's time to welcome our guest, Kathy. As I mentioned, Kathy's a website and graphic designer who helps entrepreneurs and small business owners to build and market their own websites. She shares her experience around design technology and strategy in her online course and resources on her website, Your Web Toolkit. So basically, as someone who's admitted their um, challenged on the design front, I have a lot of questions for Kathy. Kathy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, we do have a lot of questions. And as we've said, Kate isn't here for this actual chat because she's feeling poorly. So um, Kate was actually going to bring someone who bring the more experience to the pod here <laughs> to be able to talk about design. So these are going to be very almost possibly newbie remedial questions from me, but I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. So I'm going to start with a big question first. Which comes first, Kathy, design or copy? Well, I'm going to say, believe it or not, I'm going to say copy. Um, I'm not sure if I'm committing some sort of designer heresy here by saying that, but for me, that's um, how I like to work and how it works best. The reason being, um, it's it's quite easy to just come up with a design, you know, based on how things look and putting visual elements together, but um you need the content to kind of have something to work with to know what it is that you're doing. And I've found that if I try and just do something first and then have to go back and shoehorn the copy in, that doesn't work. So getting all that content first lets me see exactly what it is I'm working with. Um, and then I can make the design decisions, you know, from that point. So for me, yeah, I much prefer to get the, all the copy and content off the bat. Well, I think you've just made us and our listeners very happy that was the right answer (laughs) 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 yeah and like you said it's much harder to do from a design point of view and I guess that's about rework right if you come up with a design and then you have to shoehorn the copy in you may have to go and do a lot more changes to the design right yeah exactly I mean I may you know quite often we just have to sort of start again really um so you know if I as long as I know what I'm working with, then I can, um, you know, make make uh, make those design decisions, you know, based on the content, and then also be able to communicate with the person who's writing the copy. So you know, there needs to be a bit of back and forth. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely love just to get the content, and I, I, I don't want to work, you know, I don't want to do things twice for no good reason, which is essentially what it comes down to. I think if if you try and do stuff on spec like that. So with people um, managing their own branding, so say copywriters who are freelancing, they're running their own business, you know, we're looking at tools like Canva and PicMonkey being so, so popular and so easy to use and so available and so free. So things like creating your own social media graphics, you know, we're not talking about whole websites here, um, but social media graphics, that kind of seems like a must for people writing content as well. So do you think these kind of customized social media graphics are part of modern branding now and people have to just get on and do them? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, That might not be the answer that people want to hear (laughs) this time, but yes, I do. Um, It kind of comes back. I, you might, might not know this about me, but um, my background is photography. I did a photography degree. And um, one of the things that stuck with me that my tutors 
talked about was about the fact that everyone today in our society is really visually literate. So even people who think that maybe they don't know anything about design are still really, really good at reading images because we are bombarded with images every day, um, even more so now with social media. You know, we're constantly scrolling past images and, and photos and sort of branded messages. So when you're uh, putting your brand out there, you need to have some sort of consistency um, because people are going to be picking up on that. And so if your website looks different to your social media graphics and that looks different to your opt-ins, if it's not consistent, it's going to jar and people are going to um, sort of notice that even if they're not doing that on a sort of conscious level. So it's a really important part of coming across as a professional and as to sort of generate trust in you and in your brand. And so to, to add that extra effort in and to, to get some customized uh, graphics for your social media presence helps to keep everything cohesive. So I do think it is really, really important because you're using social media. You know, most small business owners and copywriters will be using social media. So you need to make it work, you know, as, as part of your overall brand and your strategy. Cool. Um, I'd like to loop back to the mistakes that you're seeing because it sounds like not being, not having a, a cohesive flow in your branding is a really big mistake. But, you know, I guess when we're talking about customized social media graphics, for me, that means not just putting out your, your stock photo, but maybe adding your logo, maybe adding the title of the blog, but cut and customizing it in some fashion. Um, and attaching that as your featured image to the blog. But if people are thinking about doing their own graphics for their own brand, what do you think our listeners need to know about creating other graphics, social media as well? What do they need to know? What are the essentials? They need to, what you really need to do is keep it simple. Um, don't try and fit too much stuff into into any anything visual that you're uh, creating and um, by that I mean stick to just a couple of colors um, stick to a couple of fonts um, if one image will tell the story just use one image don't try and use two or three in a way if you feel like it's um, almost too boring that maybe you're not doing enough you're probably doing the right thing because I think people who don't have sort of a design background tend to to just try and shove too much stuff in. They're trying to kind of say too much. Um, but each each visual, particularly with social media graphics, just it has, you know, it, it um, fulfills just one purpose. So you just need to focus on that one purpose, it, you know, on, on what that one purpose is. Um, and quite often you, you will get that message across with a simple photograph, with a headline, some text, and your logo or a little call to action or something like that. So don't throw everything at it, you know, um, just keep it simple and keep it consistent to your brand. Do, do people have to become, do people have to know about, say, where where different um, social media platforms, how they display those images? That's one thing I've been caught by myself where I've gone, oh, I put some whizzy text in there and it's actually not being displayed at all. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea to kind of keep an eye on that. And actually Canva is really good um, to help with that because they have all these inbuilt templates that are the correct size for all the different social media um, platforms. So you can create a Facebook image and it will 
you know, display properly on Facebook and then you can um, use a template to start off with for a Twitter image or Instagram. Um, so Canva is a really good tool to use for that reason. It does mean that you need to create the same graphic a few times if you're going to be using it across these different platforms. But all it is is tweaks. So, you know, it's just about, you know, moving the text across to make sure it fits into the square of Instagram, for example, um, or, you know, just 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 modifying it ever so slightly so that when you do share it, that you're not, you know, you're not having your headline cut off or your logo, you know, only half showing or whatever. So um, Canva is a really, really good tool for that. And also a lot of there's a lot of um, I mean, if you just Google it, loads of um, blogs and, and websites We'll do a sort of roundup every year. So you can find someone who has taken the time to write, a, you know, an amazing blog post where they, they uh, display, or, you know, they've outlined what all the pixel sizes are. Um, and then if you're using some other software like Photoshop to, to create your um, graphics, then you can set up your templates that way. Um, so definitely check it and recheck it every now and then because they seem to sort of change it up. <laughs> I think Facebook's quite bad for that, that you think you've got it and then they kind of change it a bit and it's all slightly different. So Just to keep us um, on our toes. Yeah, that's what Facebook love that, don't they? And I will actually link to a fantastic blog post you've written for my blog, The Copy Detective, all about setting up templates in Canva. It was yes. a very, very popular blog post. So I will create, I will uh, share a link with that in the show notes so people can see not only the importance of setting up some templates, but how to do it. So that I think you're, um, we had a headline of social media graphic design in under two hours a month, which sounds yeah. ideal. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're going to come back to this a bit more, I think, but yeah, templates, setting up templates is all, you know, makes your life so much easier. Um, Across, I guess, all aspects of your business, but also with your with your visual branding. Absolutely. Regular listeners will know that Kate and I are always banging <laughs> on about process and templates and apparently design yeah. does not get to escape. So let's loop back to these mistakes. You were talking about um, not having cohesive a cohesive feel to the different elements of your design. And I know this is something you and I have talked about for my own branding where, you know, it's really easy to go, oh, I like that and I like that and I like that and I want that and I want that. Yeah. And then, you know, you said to me, whoa, 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 just let's just hang on here and have a think about creating that cohesive feel with your brand, which I know I really appreciated. But it can be easy to get distracted from that. It's the shiny, shiny ob object syndrome. But what other mistakes do you see business owners, freelancers, non-designers make with their own graphics? Uh, so the mistake I see a lot of business owners make is exactly that. It's about sort of uh, getting distracted and not sticking to what their brand is trying to say. Um, so, again, coming back to this idea of brand guidelines, if you set them up, if you spend some time to set up some brand guidelines for yourself um, and your business, then you've got somewhere to keep touching back to and checking in. You know, you can check in and, and make sure that you're sticking to your brand colors and your fonts and the type of, say, photography that you're going to be using. Um, or if you're doing, you know, any sort of illustrations, if you're grabbing illustrations that they're kind of, you know, all matching. So you, you want it to always have the same sort of look and feel. And although that sounds complicated or sounds maybe sounds a bit vague, it's really easy to achieve that with um, sort of basic design tools, which is fonts and colors essentially. 
Um, and a good example of this is if you were running Facebook ads, um, you want to make sure that the image, the type of image that you use in your ad really matches back to your website or to the landing page that you're sending people to. Because uh, there's a um, there's a term for it. I, just can't, I can't remember what it is right now. But it's basically you don't want it to jar. So if somebody's clicked on your Facebook ad and there's a certain look or feel to it, and then they click through to the landing page and it's something completely different, it just it doesn't work. And sort of on that subconscious level, People are just like, they'll click away because they're like, this isn't the same thing. It's not, you know, this isn't a journey. I've been taken on a journey. I've landed somewhere else. So um, it's really important to just think about your audience and, and try and look at what you're doing from that um, more objective point of view. You know, step away from it for a bit and just have a look and try and look at it with fresh eyes and, and make sure that everything is kind of in sync in, in a visual sort of way. I mean, does that even make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. And one thing I find quite useful to do is when I go into Canva, every now and then I just look at all the designs that I've put together mm-hmm. and I notice the ones that don't kind of fit the style yes. and tone um, that I would like to have as consistent. So for me, that just reiterates that idea of like, oh, one of these things is not like the other. And, yeah. you know, that I think that journey is really important because you're right, people click on and then they go, oh, I'm not in the right place. I'll go back. Yeah, and it's really, it's you know, it is super important because, you know, everyone's so click happy. Um, you don't want to be losing, uh, you know, your 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 audience or your potential sales or whatever because your your branding is not matching up. Um, That's right. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same with copy. Like your voice has to match, doesn't it? You can't sort of use a certain type of um, style in one part that's not going to match the other part of your brand. Spot on. Uh, so it's exactly the same it's exactly the same logic, uh, just, you know, taken into the visual realm. And um, I remember um, listening to a copy blogger, podcast or maybe I was reading one of their blogs and they were talking about design and specifically social media graphics and they were saying what you want is you want people to be able to recognize that it's yours without Mm. actually really noticing that they're recognizing it so they might not see your logo they might not see your business name but you want that consistency so that they immediately feel that that's your content yeah exactly and and that's I mean that's what you're aiming for um that, you know, through all the scrolling and the jumping in and out, that there's a consistency to the to look and feel of, of who you are that people will just recognize. And that's, going to, you know, it's going to generate that trust because you're always there and you're sort of consistent. And so that, you know, that just kind of solidifies that your, your brand and what it is that you're trying to um, get across. Uh, Pinterest, I don't know if you use Pinterest much, but it's a, um, you know, it's a, a really visual platform. Um, and it's really good to, to spend some time getting your branded pins really spot on for that exact reason, because, you know, there's obviously thousands and millions of pins. Um, but if yours keep popping up and there's a certain look and feel to them and people will be like, oh, you know, yeah, I recognize this. And it, it makes them more inclined to click through and sort of, you know, it piques their interest. Like, who is this person? What are they doing? Why do I keep seeing their stuff? Um, and this is happening, you know, on a kind of subconscious level, I would say, for many people, because a lot of people don't necessarily spend their time analyzing visuals, you know, unless you're a designer yourself. But it is something that everybody does you know, on some level. And that's kind of where you want to make sure that you're talking to them 
um, through through the visuals that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely, and making sure that there's nothing that's standing out as as pushing them away. I love that. Well, this is, I was going to say, actually, Canva is a really good tool for exactly what you just said because of the way it displays all your stuff. You know, you kind of go to your, it's not like a homepage, but you know where all your stuff is in Canva and like it's kind of displayed for you in a way that you can quickly, you know, see if something jumps out and is jarring. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Canva is awesome, basically, <laughs> <We love laughs> for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think that is going to be really helpful for people who are at least doing their own social graphics or um, other elements of their own graphic design. Um, but I wanted to actually also dig into working with designers. At the beginning of the pod, we asked which comes first, copy or design, and you absolutely answered that correctly. But <laughs> you also mentioned kind of being able to to and fro a bit with copywriters. And I know in my own personal experience, more often than not, I would be hired to write the copy and I would never have any contact with the designer. And Really? Ne- yes, because because oh, wow. the, the business owner would essentially be the project manager. So they would mm-hmm. see the copywriting as a discrete element of the project and the design as another discrete element. So once the copy was written, it would be given to the designer and and then that was that. And it was always a bit frustrating because if the copy was being shoehorned into a design, then sometimes it was up to the designer to decide which copy stayed and which copy went, which is yep. a nightmare. But, yep. you know, I think having the opportunities where you get to work together, you get to make those adjustments that are quite natural um, in a way that just makes the whole end product better. So what we wanted to know is can, should copywriters provide designers maybe with ideas or design tips as they write the content or should they butt out? Do you have any kind of tips on working with designers to get the best result? I love how your tone of voice then got very like, oh, don't shout at me yeah. suggesting this. <laughs> Look, I think it's fine. Um, as far as I'm concerned, copywriters and designers are working towards the same end goal. You know, both design and copywriting is marketing, isn't it? So um, this isn't, you know, from my side of it, I'm not creating an artwork this isn't a sort of personal project piece and I guess from your point of view you know you're not writing a book you're not writing some sort of personal book it's marketing it's about getting a message across um, and about doing that really really well with a mix of word and design so that's how I always approach it and that's how you know I think about it Um, and I've I don't know if I've ever had the situation where I haven't been given any contact with the copywriter, um, which I'm really glad for because uh, I think it's really important to communicate for the exact reason that you said, um, you know, because I understand that the copyright, you know, when someone, a professional is has worked on a piece, there's good reasons that they've chosen certain words or, or you know, written things in a certain way. So, I, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable editing that without you know their input um and uh but to go back to your question um i do think it's okay to get some design tips um so for example i like you know quite often we'll receive stuff in a word document so things being um laid out with headings 
um, paragraphs, little notes saying this is to be a call out or, um, you know, just suggestions on how the, the writer has envisaged, you know, how it's kind of going to look in that sense in terms of what to give priority to. Um, and I still, and I also even at the point where, say, we're at the first draft stage um, and the copywriter, I think there's a right way and a wrong way, right, to, <laughs> to give these tips. Um, I think the right way would be to say, look, the idea was this and I don't feel like maybe what I, what we're trying to emphasize is, is, is coming across or is being supported with what you've done. Um, you know, something along those lines and, you know, and with the kind of solid reasons and backup to that. Mm. Um, I think the wrong way is to start trying to micromanage the design elements. And this is, this goes in for clients as well. You know, <laughs> um, don't start saying things like, oh, can you move that here? Can you, can you try a different color? Can you uh, swap out the image? You know, not the details, but more the kind of, the, the marketing message, you know, is is the design really supporting what it is that you're trying to say? And if you don't think it is, you know, I think you should flag that because, um, you know, no one, we're not we're sort of working in a bit of a vacuum sometimes. And sometimes you need fresh eyes. And I, I don't think people should, well, I, I try not to get offended by that. I understand that, you know, sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. You're so focused on a certain you know, on the thing and you've been working on it so much that a fresh set of eyes from somebody who's coming, you know, is on, your, is on the same side as you are and has is looking for the same end result can have valuable input. So um, I'm completely open to, you know, the copywriters having some sort of input from that point of view. Um, Which is good. But, you know, maybe I, that's just me. No, I think, <laughs> I think that's um, – that's a professional attitude. <laughs> and I think yeah. if copywriters and designers can keep in mind that, as you said, it's an end goal for the client, actually, there's a marketing goal and yeah. objective that's going to be achieved and um, keep that in mind when they talk to each other. Um, I think everything can actually flow quite quickly. But, you know, we're, yeah. we're as creatives, we have egos that are eagerly easily crushed and I think that's yeah. probably when it, it gets tricky is when it becomes a bit personal for some reason like it becomes a bit too detailed and new professional judgment from both sides of the table maybe aren't being trusted but I you know I think at least talking to each other is a huge first step <laughs> it is yeah I mean that's it's nuts trying to do it without even having any communication I'd also say it goes both ways so um you know, if I'm trying to design something and I've been giving loads and loads of copy and it's just, you know, I can squeeze it in, but it's kind of going to wreck the whole design or it's going to compromise it somehow, you know, it can kind of go both ways. So I might go back to the copywriter and say, you know, is there any way that we can shorten this down and still get the same message across? Um, can we make this, you know, it, it might sound stupid, but can we make this so there's only two lines for this head, headline instead of three or whatever because it works better on the page? Um, so, you know, a bit of back and forth and a bit of uh, putting the ego to one side for everybody, I think, where you can, um, you know, is really beneficial. But also, yeah, keep it, you know, remember that we've all got feelings and just be, be nice and be professional. And if... Your suggestion is 
rejected, <laughs> for want of a better term, <laughs> take it in good grace that the, you know, the person, the other professional is, is, has got a good reason for doing what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is one thing that I talk to about students of my copywriting masterclass course is that as a copywriter, it's not just about the words that you're using. It's not just about how they communicate messages. It is actually how they look as well. Because as you've said a few times, we're all really quite visual creatures and we're doing visual interpretation all the time. So, you know, I have a module that's just all about formatting and that's the kind of the point or a lesson at least. And that's the kind of point of that is that if you can't display the words in a way that helps people read them, and makes it easy for them to understand them, then it's kind of pointless because they're not going to get read. Yeah, exactly. And if there's too much copy in a small space, for example, people aren't going to read it. So it could be the most beautifully crafted copy, the most amazing paragraph you've ever written, and you're so proud of it. But if it's not, um, it's not if it's not fit for purpose, if it's not the right place to have that, it's not going to get read anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. So I think yeah. I think we're agreeing that um, the the tips of working with other creative professionals is to remember that we're all human and we all have feelings, and that we all yes. have the client's best interests at heart. And yes. uh, all's well that ends well if you're nice. <laughs> yeah, and try not to take anything too personally because yeah, it's not. Um, it's not personal, is it? It's professional. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. So, so we've covered kind of working with between working with designers as copywriters and as copywriters with designers. Um, we talked about kind of elements of managing your own parts of your own graphic design. So, what we'd like to do is kind of leave maybe with an action uh, or or a big tip. If you could leave our listeners with one action that they should take regarding their own branding or the design work that maybe they're already doing or they're thinking about doing, what would that be? Well, I'm going to just bang on the same drum here, but I think if you do nothing else, um, spend some time to get those brand brand guidelines in place and create some templates Um, because there's a good reason for it. Big companies do it, agencies do it, you know, the brand guidelines, I can say it. Brand guidelines um, for big companies are massive. You know, they run to pages and pages and pages. And you don't need that. You just need a one-page reference that you can come back to. And you need to just spend some time to set up those templates in the first place, um, so that when you go to do it, you don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel. You don't have to second guess yourself. You can just do it, knock it out, and move on to the next thing. Um, if you do have any sort of budget, so if you're thinking that you wanted to hire somebody, um, hire a designer to create them for you and set up your templates. You don't necessarily need to have someone, uh, you know, as an, on an ongoing basis for these kind of simple graphics. But if you did want to invest in something, that's where I would invest a bit of money. Um, but if you don't, if you want to do it yourself, it's absolutely fine. Just spend a bit of time paying attention, maybe just be a bit more aware of what you're looking at than you normally are um, so that when you do go to create that stuff for yourself, you, you're doing it a bit more, um, a bit less of sort of a gut feeling, a bit more, you know, from a place that you've learned something and you're thinking about it. So you can do things like grab, um, oh, there's a term for it. Bill, you use it. Um, swipe oh, files. Dear. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, swipe files. So when you see stuff uh, you like, you know, just kind of 
take a screenshot, put it all together, and then kind of analyze what it is that you like and why you think it works and apply some of that to what it is that you're creating for yourself. But kind of don't do that all the time. Just kind of do it, lock some stuff down, stick to it, and then you don't waste all your time sort of um, creating these graphics and, re, you know, reinventing the wheel. Um, it's not ongoing just torture. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I like that. And I also like your um, your uh, recommendation of, of keeping it simple because it's really easy to get a bit razzle-dazzle about this kind of stuff and, yeah. and have it too much. I've got a bit of a weird tip, and I don't know if this is just me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, if you've, if you, when, when you've created something and you're looking at it, a good uh, something that I do is I just kind of slightly unfocus my eyes a bit and just pay attention to how my eyes are moving around the thing that I'm looking at. So say it's a, a social media graphic. And if you notice your eyeballs kind of just bump, bumping around left to right, up and down, um, you need to go back and and do it again because your design's not sort of it's not simple enough there's too much going on and your eyes aren't settling on just the one or two things that they should be if they're bouncing around back and forth up and down to all the different elements you've put um put there is probably because you've got too much stuff going on oh that's my little tip Yeah, yeah an action and a tip that's a bit of that's a bit of an end. a nice one, Kathy. So we're going to wrap it up there. Where can our listeners find you? Um, uh, do you have anything special that you want to share with them right now? I do actually. I've just released a, a mini course. It's a free course um, on my website, which is uh, yourwebtoolkit.com, and it is a I think it's fifteen lesson, three module course to create a WordPress website from scratch. So all the kind of stuff from uh, doing your hosting through to which plugins to install, installing a theme, and I kind of also go through how to start setting up your pages using a specific thing that I recommend. So it's, uh, yeah, it's there and it's free. Cool. Uh, so it's yourwebtoolkit.com. Awesome. Thanks very much. And we'll also um, share, we'll share links to that. We'll share links to your website and we'll also include all your social media links in the show notes as well. So thank you very much. Thank you, Kathy. Now to wrap it up, I want to ask you the question that Kate and I discussed at the beginning. And that is what would you take onto a desert island? This is the hardest question of all. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, it's just three things, right? Yeah. That, that's the, the limit. Oh, man. So I've decided that I would take sunscreen because <laughs> I love the sun, but the sun doesn't love me. Um, and I'm imagining that on this desert island there's not a lot of shade. So I want sunscreen to protect my skin, a fishing rod so that I can eat, and some sort of equipment to distill alcohol from coconuts. <laughs> Oh, my God, they are the best answers. They're almost offensively practical, but until you got to the distillery, <laughs> which is brilliant. That's why you and I are friends, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, we'll have food, we'll have booze, and we won't be sunburned. <laughs> that sounds like the right kind of island for me. So thank you very much once again for, for being on the show. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I think everyone's going to get a lot of value of this out of this episode. 
But what we like to do at the end is we like to um, give a shout out to someone who has listened to the show and loved it enough to give us a review. And today I'm talking about Jay's Carer. So Jay's Carer says, so you want to be a copywriter or maybe you've been banging out copy for years. Well, this podcast is a must listen to. The conversation was conversations with guests and the transparency of Kate and Belinda will have you feeling like you've had a private coaching session from business tips to creative process you won't want to miss an episode and I chose that one because I felt it was particularly attuned to today's topic so thank you Jay's carer Um, and thanks to you for listening if you like the show don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or both we check them both and we read every single one Um, your, your review not only helps us feel awesome it helps other copywriters find us and of course we'll give you a shout out on the show now if you've got any comments or questions for kathy maybe you can head to the hotcopypodcast.com hotcopypodcast.com website because we have a um, blog post we'll have show notes we'll have all the links to kathy's awesome stuff including that free mini course um so thank you very much kathy once again and um until next time happy writing So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Belinda then. Thanks Belinda! (laughs) I'll just say it in a variety of different voices. Thanks Belinda! Thanks Belinda! Thanks Belinda! Thanks Belinda!